0: <laughs> oh, ah. Alex!
1: <laughs> Jason says, "What's up?" What's up, Jason? She said, "What's up?" And she said, "Stop talking shit." Um, <sighs> wish I could. Hey, Jason. Hey, Jason. How are you?
0: Oh, I'm great. I'm great. I've um, it's I, I've been doing a extreme intermittent fast all week.
1: Oh, you're on your Emily Oberg 18 hours
0: more 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 bro i'm only i'm i'm doing one, how could you do how could you do more one i'm doing one meal a day <sighs> damn i'm just you
1: you've seen results right
0: definitely um i've just found that it, that seems to work the best for me i i i just eat a nice satisfying din have a little dessert, maybe, and then that's it. I don't really get hungry at all until maybe around 3 p.m. And if I just eat an early dinner, maybe around 6, I'm good.
1: That's pretty cool.
0: It is cool. You know, I if could, you don't eat at all, you kind of remove the possibility of having a snacky or like yeah. a, a bad boy lunch.
1: Oh, God. I don't have, I've had the same thing for lunch every day for the entire quarantine. Which is? Eggs salad and a rice cake <laughs> eggs
0: salad and a rice cake what kind of like a mm-hmm. like a scrambled egg
1: scrambled egg yeah uh, and then uh, arugula spinach with like a light dressing maybe mm-hmm. some walnuts or some pita chips in there mm-hmm. and then and then a, a rice cake with either avocado or um, uh, almond butter and berries
0: and it I mean, this does sound nice, but it doesn't get terribly old, terribly quick. You're you're fine no, with eating it, the same thing every day.
1: Yeah, I think it's just easy because, like, I I mean, you know, everybody's busy. Alex is busy, and like, you know, just there's only so much you can do.
0: Don't bring Alex up.
1: <laughs> and I, don't don't blame her. And because uh,
0: I can't I can't eat the same thing for lunch two days in a row, or I'll, it'll drive me crazy. I have to eat something wildly different every day always mixing it up if i eat italian one day i have to eat you know something asian the next day and then american and then mexican i gotta go all over the globe
1: that's why you're a fucking food person and i'm an exercise person
0: but i'm also exercising you know that's the thing
1: I know I mean, look, I love to see you glowing up. I mean you still won't look as good as, you still won't look as good as I do when the core is over, but I like a little healthy competition that's
0: true we we are both on a journey and that's okay.
1: I love it We're doing it together. It's the how long gone challenge <laughs> hashtag <laughs> how long gone challenge how how little can you eat and how good can you look coming out of the quarantine
0: <laughs> but I mean w- the one thing that I do have you beat in is is that cali tan bro.
1: I know you I know you look good I, I'll give I, I will I'll give you that I'm not told, I'm not
0: fishing for a compliment I'm just saying it it helps it helps everything when you don't look extra pasty you know
1: first of all, I never look extra pasty because luckily I'm just blessed but I understand what you're saying
0: uh, blessed with what white skin
1: yeah, but just I have natural flavor that I think comes out in my pigmentation
0: <laughs> I think that's called uh, I think that's just like a rash of some sort.
1: Yeah. It's eczema actually. I'm sorry. (laughs) I realized I just talked to my doctor. (laughs) Yeah. Talk to your doctor.
0: Um, yeah. So we have, um, our guest today, Tavi. She's, uh, she's been on, you know, she's been the, I guess, how would you describe her? I mean,
1: I mean, she's literally been a, a person of note for, since she was 12 years old, uh, so we really just watched
0: Rook- her grow up her whole life on the we, internet. We really
1: have watched her grow up. Uh she is she had Rookie which was a very popular website and then turned into a print publication. Um and now she's an actress and a writer and she's been on Broadway and she was in she was in that great movie uh with um uh Julia Louis-Dreyfus and James Gandolfini. Mm. Um a R. Few years P. ago. A few years ago, R.I.P. to the big dog. Uh, I still don't want to talk about Sopranos, you fucking nerds. Um, And, I mean, she's just generally great and smart and fun to talk to, you know?
0: Not for nothing, Chris, but you got to check out the Sopranos,
1: all right? Shut up, dude. If I hear one more, you're – shut up. (laughs) Oh, fucking Sopranos. Oh, you've never – oh, dude, it's like – People need to calm the fuck down. It's it's a great show. I get it. But like, do I need to see a picture of those fat fucks every day? I don't think I do.
0: <laughs> it is weird because I spent my whole life sort of in the same boat as you. And then in the quarantine, I think a lot of people are picking it up finally. Like all the people who were always like, eh, I, you know, maybe one day I'll watch it. I think now is the time where everyone is is straight up watching The Sopranos. It's kind of odd.
1: Well, I mean, if it's all available to stream and you have nothing to do and you want to be part of the conversation, it makes sense.
0: Yeah, but I mean, the conversation of a show that is from literally like 2000, like the year 2000, you know, it's like a 20 year old show and it is still as hot as ever. But like why out of all the, you know, there's hundreds or thousands of amazing shows that have happened in the last 20 years and people are, I mean, I guess the Sopranos is just that good.
1: Uh, well that's true it definitely i mean
0: because uh, i was i was a madman stan number one I couldn't, Mad Men I couldn't
1: i couldn't get into that either
0: and now that i'm re-watching sopranos with with carolyn i'm like shit is sopranos better than Mad Men's fucking me up
1: i mean that's tough i'm glad i don't watch legacy tv and have these kind of problems
0: yeah so yeah what what's going on on below deck
1: uh, well, right now it's it's actually Summer House and vendor The, the um, Okay. So I mean I'll tell you cool, what. Cool, very
0: cool, very cool.
1: Well, it's the same thing that's always going on. The three pillars of reality TV, drinking, fucking and fighting. <laughs> okay? That's uh-huh. what makes reality TV the best genre. These these shows with like scripts and these long winded arcs, like boring.
0: <laughs> yeah, but all of those shows with those boring arcs and scripts, also feature fucking drinking and fighting, just like the reality television. The but the reality television, they're just sort of improvising.
1: They're and they're uglier usually, so I like it more. <laughs> they're uglier. Makes it, feel and more, they're makes it feel more real. Makes it feel more real to me.
0: <laughs> <laughs> okay, good, good. I mean, I, I we all love that reality tv is is a hill that chris black will die on i think it's a it's a cool factor about you as a person
1: i mean i watch other stuff too but i i just think that it's the it's perfect you know we love to watch versions of ourselves unravel on the screen because mm, it, it,
0: versions of ourselves speak more yeah. on that chris
1: well, I just think that that's the thing about these people. You think they're so below you, but the reason you're so captivated by it is because you do see, you know, elements of of everyone in them. That's why it works so well.
0: I'm a fat little bitch, just like these people on TV.
1: I would say you're like a snooky type. You know what I mean? That's
0: that's exactly who I was thinking about when I said the phrase "fat little bitch."
1: When I think Oompa Loompa, I think TJ. Oh
0: my god! <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I'm like a long snooky. Yeah. Sounds like a type of fish I might catch.
1: Um, yeah, I went out today, put something on my rod, and I caught me a long snicky.
0: Couple, a couple long snookies are biting right now. They didn't you bite.
1: <laughs> okay, this is dumb as hell. Uh, uh-huh. let, me, let me call Tabby. Okay, bye. <laughs> bye.
2: I've literally nothing else to do.
3: <laughs>
1: I'm I, yeah, I was, I was, I, thrilled I, to
2: be here.
1: I was hoping that's Thank what you're you. going to say um well what's going on with you have you left the house today
2: um no i'm um (laughs) i have not really been leaving i've been like going to bed late waking up late maybe taking a walk around like 5 p.m how how late is late uh like going to bed around one or two waking Mm. up 10 or 11
1: that's pretty Mm. late
0: that's what i call park life Yeah, that's right.
1: Exactly. I'm the opposite. I'm going to bed at ten, getting up at six thirty, feeling bright-eyed and bushy-tailed.
2: Wow. Yeah, I would love to.
1: We get
0: it. You're sober.
2: Yeah. (laughs) Seriously. right yeah yeah i keep i feel like guilty about it but now the guilt has gotten really boring so i'm just like okay that's what i'm doing
1: (laughs) i love when guilt becomes boring you can just move on freely that's amazing
2: i I know i'm free to just be a sloth now
1: but you're
0: but you're i i assume that you are a person who regardless of what time you're waking up is still getting work done for sure so you're not like just a total fuck off right
2: You would think Um, (laughs) you would think, um, it's been a mix. Uh, some days I'm just like, this is a, a lost day, much (laughs) like, like a lost weekend. Like, yes, yes. And that's okay. um, Yeah, that is
1: okay. I keep reading all these articles from important publications telling me not to put pressure on myself to produce during this time. Um, so true. <laughs> but I'm have <having>, but <laughs> I, I don't know what else to focus on. That like what am I supposed to do then? Like I don't I don't I, I don't even watch TV during the day. I'm a good boy. I don't I don't know what to do.
2: <laughs> well you are keeping you're you are uh you're creating content.
1: That's true. And I, I do think don't don't get me wrong, I think that that is very important, <laughs> especially in times <laughs> like these. But I just especially
2: don't Especially now, yeah.
1: I don't like, are you like doing things you wouldn't normally do.
2: Um. uh, Yeah. I baked bread.
1: <laughs> wow. You. Wow. You've really gone full quarantine. Yeah. How'd that yeah, bread I come did out? One
2: banana bread. It was actually a success. Mm. Banana are
1: you a, bread are you, delicious. Are you normally a cook?
2: No, definitely not. Um.
1: I, I like that about you. Me neither.
2: Ah. Uh, yeah. That makes me feel better like we're really not doing uh i don't know if i have like a real meal like a well balanced meal i feel very accomplished um (laughs) but we're still ordering like takeout once or twice a week
1: yes i would i'm where are you are you in brooklyn
2: um no i live in manhattan
1: oh thank god (laughs) i'm so i'm sorry i judged you i'm sorry i misjudged you I'm, i'm really i really am i'm sorry i don't know why Strike one, Chris. I'm I'm seeing these beautiful crown moldings, and I just assumed it was like Brooklyn Heights. Oh my God, you
2: can see my ceiling.
1: Somewhere chic. I mean, it wasn't going to put you in Williamsburg, for God's sake. But, you know, (laughs) like, uh, what part of this? Are you downtown?
2: No, I'm in Harlem. I used to live in Brooklyn Heights, actually. Um,
1: Is that the famous apartment?
2: No, the famous apartment was like Fort Greene, downtown Brooklyn. I've lived... I've lived in five different apartments in New York.
1: How long have you lived in New York total?
2: Um, Almost six years.
1: Oh, that's a lot of moving, actually.
2: Yeah, just different. <laughs> like, with Brooklyn Heights, our landlord wanted to live in our apartment, and then I, like, <laughs> waged a private campaign against him <laughs> in my mind <laughs> because, like, his nephew was living in the boiler room and i was like he's gonna take over our apartment um and then we had to move and then there was the famous apartment where i like was you know being paid to live there as part of an ad campaign so a a range of
0: living in new york sounds awesome guys (laughs) 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 well i mean yeah you
2: can't afford the rent so you post about it on instagram uh,
1: honestly though i think that the the free apartment thing was one of the coolest things i've ever seen i have to be honest with you it's like because
0: i forgot about it and then i remembered it when i was when i was kind of mentally prepping for this episode and Mm -hmm. and i live on the other side of the country we've never met and even i knew about that apartment so yeah. Some you know somebody got their marketing dollars,
1: but that's what I'm saying. It's like
0: yeah.
1: I think if people are if people are posting about things for much fucking less. Like rent is actually something you need. It's a, it's a necessity.
2: Yeah, I mean I not It's disingenuous to say I couldn't afford rent, but sure, sure. sure. But it's you,
1: nice to not pay it. <laughs>
2: it's nice to not pay it, and like the um. Yeah, I mean my uh as a multi hyphenate, your income is often cobbled together from different sources. Yes. Um
1: we can relate, sweetie. We cobble. Oh, we cobble. <laughs> <laughs>
2: yeah. Yeah. Well thank you. I, I'm glad you think it was cool.
1: I do think it was cool because I just think that there's a certain amount of like honesty to it. I don't know. I, I just feel like it's like, yeah, guys, this is what I'm fucking doing. I, I'm, I would be more jealous of that than judgmental. Like huh. that's the ultimate grift to me. It's like, yo, you're like, <laughs> I'm, I'm truly using my platform to benefit myself in a way that no one else has figured out. Because I've, I've, right. I've never seen that before and I have not seen that since. So you're a ground, mm-hmm. you're You broke ground.
2: I broke ground. Thank you. I'm a pioneer. It was also
0: cool because it it seemed, you you seemed not above doing something like that, but that is more of a, you know, maybe like a DJ Khaled might do something like that. And it makes sense. (laughs) But for you, it was like, oh, this is something to take note of.
1: Yeah, exactly. You thought
2: she was highbrow.
1: Did you, did you labor over the decision though? Or were you like, yeah, fuck it. This is crazy.
2: (laughs) Um,
1: Fucking dog, um, let's sign. Fucking dog, I'm signing.
2: <laughs> <laughs> um, I mean, I met with like you know it was put together by like a marketing company, so I yeah. talked to them a lot. But it's also like I I, I think I talked to a lot of friends about it. Um, but I uh, let's see, feels so long ago now. But yeah, I mean, it was
3: it.
0: Also, if you're sick of talking about this, you know, let us know.
2: But also, <laughs> no, you know,
0: it's it's maybe more interesting than, than bread baking right now. Who knows?
2: Um, yeah, it might be. <laughs> I mean, it's also a, yeah. Uh, no, I'm not sick of it. I think it's like, I mean, it's kind of nice to be able to have an experience like that. And then enough time goes by that you can mm-hmm. kind of reflect or yes. write about it. Um so i kind of enjoy i enjoy um jumping in with that but yeah i think it did feel like i had seen other types of spawn con and i knew that like it would seem off brand to some of my followers but i was also <coughs> like um it felt worth
1: Doing, uh, you, was- you looked in the mirror and said, "I'm gonna do me," and then you just you just signed the paper. God damn and,
2: it! And, Out loud,
1: yeah, yeah, exactly. And sometimes, and sometimes, you, we have to respect that as a culture. We have we have to respect when a a young powerful woman does her thing. If you
0: can't you know? do you, then what can you do?
1: Exactly, exactly. Do
0: Jason, you Jason, do you. you do you consider yourself <laughs> that type of like experiment experimental person where like? You know, a wacky idea like that. You give it a shot just to see what happens.
2: Yeah, I mean, it wasn't like I what I wanted to happen was that I would live there and get paid. So it Mm -hmm. wasn't like, ooh, like it's not that wacky. (laughs) It
1: makes a hell of a lot of sense. (laughs) Jason, it's not wacky. It's called the transaction. Well, I mean, (laughs) have
0: you you know, in L.A., you've heard of like the Grove and the Americana, I'm assuming. Oh yeah. They're like outdoor shopping malls and then they have apartment complexes above it that you, that people will live in and buy and pay money to. And I always thought like, if, if somebody offered me that, you know, for a year, live, live inside this mall for a year, would you do that? And it sounds like a very cool experiment that I would want to do, but most people might disagree with that.
2: Yeah. I mean, I talked to some people who are like really private and, or not on social media and they thought it was like. They were like, doesn't it feel weird? Like, I think to them it would have felt, it seemed, um, like a violation of privacy. Mm -hmm. But. Because you were
0: giving out your, your home address to the world (laughs) as a, as a person of Uh, celebrity.
1: Was a hashtag.
2: It was a (laughs) hashtag. Um, no, I mean, obviously I was Mm commodified, it was a commodification of like my home life. Um. But, and, like, I think since then, the way I feel about sharing, um, you know, even, like, the inside of my apartment now, like, has changed, mm. but... um,
1: Meaning you're less comfortable with it?
2: Yeah, it's also, like, that was just my place, and this is... I live with my boyfriend, and that changes it a little, too, in terms of feeling, like, yeah. just wanting it to feel sort of off-limits. But also now... With all this at-home content, that's kind of gone off the out the window.
1: Yeah, this is your creation studio now. You have nowhere to hide.
2: <laughs> this is my stage. This is the stage. <laughs> this is my stage.
1: Yeah, I've
0: <laughs> seen the inside of every SNL cast member's house over the last two weeks.
2: I know. I love that. And like that's like the most the,
0: interesting part, isn't it?
2: Yeah, is you're like, okay, who's New York? Who's LA? Who's at home? Like, it
0: kind of seems like most of the cast live in LA, like f- within five minutes of me. Like, I can sort of pinpoint where they live, <laughs> which is could, really um, weird.
2: You could photobomb. Mm.
0: <laughs> oh, I've, I'm thinking of much worse. But, like, it's weird <laughs> to be like you're a person on TV and, like, you're shooting video on on national television of, like, here's the, what the front door of my house looks like. And if you. You know, or a person who wants to get at me, here's how you do it. That's kind of wild.
2: Right. Yeah. I guess they're putting a lot of faith in I don't know. I mean my friend
3: the police. who's on
2: it, Chloe. Um, like she and our my other friend Jake like lived together and she was filming around the neighborhood and then they said their neighbors were so happy that their houses were on
1: SNL. Damn, yeah. that's fu- that's fucked up. That's crazy. But I mean,
2: <laughs> I guess I, as
1: a person who truly loves SNL, like I I watch it. I watch it every week since I was like a kid. Yeah. I wouldn't be excited if my house was on it. I'd only be excited if I was on it with a speaking role. <laughs> Like oh, we, we gotta,
2: we should aim higher. Yes,
1: exactly. Like aim, like those. This house looks just like every other house. Chris, like York, Chris
0: Black is willing to host, <laughs> but that's that's where it
3: ends. Yeah,
1: I'm willing to host, and if a musical guest has a part for me, like a harmony for me to sing, I will step in. But yes. I'm not gonna. I'm not just giving up my house. You know that's <laughs> crazy.
2: <laughs> Listen, people's standards are so low right now. No it's one's going to get famous on SNL. Um, <laughs> yeah.
1: Do you like? Do you like living in New York? Do you think you're a lifer?
2: Um, I think so. I mean, I definitely don't want to live anywhere else in the foreseeable future. I love living here. Um, I mean, it's weird now because I am getting texts from like people I haven't talked to in truly ten years that are like. Hey, here it's really bad in New York
3: okay?
2: <laughs> and then, which is nice, like the whatever <laughs> the thought that counts, but it's like it's just there's this disconnect because it's a very abstract it feels abstract being in an apartment and being you know um it's not like there's chaos out in the streets. Mm-hmm.
0: They're hoping um, for some horror porn type of information from you. <laughs>
2: exactly
3: there's,
1: <laughs> there's
0: blood everywhere
3: <laughs> I've
1: eaten I've eaten beans for three weeks and seen two dead bodies it's <laughs> <fucking> crazy <laughs> but did you did you grow up in Chicago or like outside of Chicago uh, uh,
2: outside in a suburb called Oak Park
1: did you ever live in the city as like an adult or did you go straight to New York
2: okay well speaking of <laughs> <laughs> short-term um, pre-furnished apartments um, <laughs> I When I graduated high school, I was doing a play at um, a theater in Chicago where they put up the two other cast members who were, like, in from out of town. They put them up in this, like, pre-furnished apartment building kind of by the theater, And, um, and they put me up there, too, for the summer. So, like, I had this, the summer after high school, I lived in this, like, kind of corporate, um, uh, anonymous looking apartment cool. in the city of Chicago, but it was like in a very, um, contained what, like, I don't feel like I lived in Chicago cause I was just, I don't know, in this like high rise and then like going to the theater and then going back.
1: That's a, I find theater to be very <laughs> intense schedule wise.
2: <laughs> yeah, it's absurd. It's taking
0: a toll on Chris personally. Yeah, my
2: my <laughs> I,
1: it's actually, you know, I I'm I give and I give to the stage and it doesn't get It's a taxing art. <laughs> it's a taxing art. Well, no, because we had we had Jeremy O'Harris <laughs> on the show um, uh uh-huh. and just talking to him about it was really eye-opening because he like broke down like how much money you make and how it all works and I'd never really understood that before. Um
3: Uh-huh.
1: But it just seems like a really Difficult thing to do. Just the amount of shows that you're doing, it seems like physically and emotionally just depleted.
2: Yeah, I mean, it's weird because, like, it's weird to be like, oh, it's emotionally taxing to pretend to be in pain. <laughs> um.
0: But sometimes you're Bye. channeling your real pain if you're a true
2: actor. Yeah, if you're really um, <laughs> an actor. But I also... But it is, like... It, like, it feels so ridiculous to say that it's demanding or exhausting. But, like, it is. Like, it is, like... mm mm-hmm. uh, Like, the mood can be... Like, I've done shows that are really sad. And, like, the mood backstage is just bad. And, like,
3: mm-hmm. people
2: get easily, like...
0: It affects I don't them. Know. Well, you know, some people some people leave it all on the stage, and some people don't.
2: Yes, I guess that's the that's the difference. Like, um, uh, <laughs> also, summer, uh, yeah. also, have
0: you seen Hamilton? Just out of curiosity,
2: <laughs> <laughs> I'm so glad you asked me that. Um, yeah, I saw it a few years ago. Because that's
3: a
1: play that I know.
3: Yeah,
0: I've,
1: I as a man who loves theater, Hamilton, you know, didn't do much for me. I meant that's, that,
0: I meant to ask Jeremy O'Harris about Hamilton, but I felt like uh, the window never really
1: Presented itself. I mean, but you've done—I mean, you've done TV and movies and shit. What do you prefer, theater, or is it just like your first love? <laughs> um, <laughs> very cool uh, question. <laughs> what I actually want to know because it just seems so hard and doesn't pay very much, so I don't get it. <laughs>
2: I know. I will say like the. It's like
1: podcasting. (laughs) It is like theater is the podcasting of the performing arts. I would agree.
2: Thank you. Yes, it's true. I guess like, I mean, I am am more experienced doing theater and like feel, you know, a part of like a community here around doing it. And I love the routine and like living in New York and being at my apartment and, going to do the show and coming back and like all of that actually works well for me um and I just haven't done enough of like I've enjoyed whatever other um on camera work I've done (laughs) but you just don't like I don't know you get so if a play is not super sad and everyone doesn't hate each other you can get really close to your cast yeah. in a way that like just is not, it's like summer camp and it's not really possible with other, but I don't know. People say that about movies. I just haven't had that experience.
1: I mean, I feel like if you do anything on location for, you know, three to six months, it could probably start to feel like that, depending on the group of people.
2: Right. Yeah, that's yeah. true.
1: But I like
2: away from home and in another, in like a new place with these other people.
1: Yes, that's how affairs start in Hollywood, from what I've understood. Um, yeah. You know, like Brad and Angelina are on set, they're in Australia, and things just happen. You know, it got out of their control. It's out of their control.
2: Mr. and Mrs. Smith.
1: I yes, I believe so. I don't know if it was actually Australia, I made that up, but yes, (laughs) it it was it was that movie. Sparks Uh, were flying. I saw. Spark sparks were flying on and off camera, is what I was told.
2: But do you find that doing a podcast together as well?
1: Yes. It's, it's a terrible summer camp where I'm on the bottom bunk and Jason's on the top and he won't stop <laughs> bullying me.
2: <laughs> I've
0: been cheating on my girlfriend this whole time. We started the podcast. Yeah.
1: <laughs> yeah, nothing think you point out, no, I mean, Jason and I have been friends for years and years. So I do think that doing this, uh, helps us stay in touch. Uh, but I mean, we talk all the time anyway, but I think this get, when you have a focus to it, it does make the relationship different. Um, you know, a, a, a shared goal is always fun to have with a friend and someone that you can, like, respect and count on.
2: Right. Yeah. That's why my friend and I do weekly gratitude lists.
1: Um, Go on. Wow. Wow. Yeah, continue. Tell me about this G list. <laughs> What's the G list? That sounds like a goop thing. Continue. <laughs> yeah,
2: it is. It's like you write down, we've been doing it for two years and we email each other once a week and it's like, I'm grateful for, I mean, now it's Mm. all like, I'm grateful for like my basic survival, but. um, I have
0: all my teeth still.
3: (laughs) But
2: it is like a, a, a byproduct of it besides practicing gratitude is that it's like a way to keep in touch and know what's going on with each other, even if we. Mm-hmm. have
1: been able to talk I'm, I'm like one of my greatest qualities and there's only a few is um really staying in touch like I'm really good mm. at commu- communicating um like you and I are basically gonna be friends now for the rest of your life whether you want want me to or not so <laughs> yeah. I, I, I I apologize now um but I do I think that, that, that when there's like work involved because I've always worked with my friends in some way I think that feels really natural to me um which right. I, I'm, I'm always drawn to that because I can't I can't work for the fucking.
0: But that's man, always a, that's always a risky yeah. thing, going I mean, into had, biz with your friends.
1: I've had it go wrong many times. I mean, <laughs> I it went very wrong once, but I was young enough to be like I, I kind of chalk it up to a few different factors. But mm-hmm. I think that um I think that working with friends is fun. You know,
0: it is very fun yeah, until it, until something bad up or until until you start making too much money and then it gets a little dicey. Yeah,
2: that's true. Then that's you're true. like, the
1: Eagles or something. Exactly. Exactly. <laughs> as long as we're you're just, only
0: making podcast money, we'll be just <laughs> fine, Chris.
1: When we co- when our album finally comes out, we hit number one, then it's going to fall apart. Oh, <laughs> then, yeah, yeah. Then, then we're fucked, man. Then we're fucked. So are you, so during this quarantine, are you supposed to be working on something or are you just pushing yourself to work on things because of the time?
2: Um, I'm, I have stuff I can work on. Thankfully I have like writing jobs.
1: What do you are you writing film and TV and theater or are you writing like like, you know, regular stuff?
2: Um, I'm writing I'm doing rewrites um on a movie that I uh that I was hired to write and I'm working on a first draft of a book that's due later this year. So those are like Damn. I kind of go between the two.
1: Okay, I would say those are pretty real things to be working on. Um, you know, I have tw- I have to write some tweets every single day, which keeps me, you know, depending on how my output, it keeps me pretty busy. Mm-hmm. Um, and
0: other people are I, curious how to uh, stay fit during a quarantine, so there's pieces that need to be written about that as well.
1: Yes, I'm, that's my beat actually during mm-hmm. this difficult time. And there's also
0: it. different lists from this thing called Netflix, where there's different shows that
1: you should watch, and he <laughs> yeah. has to write that stuff as well. Well, <laughs> first of all, I've not, I've not stooped that low on my content. I just want you to know that. Um, we're, so hired to write a movie, was this based on your idea or was it an existing idea and you were writing the script?
2: Um, uh, Like kind of both. Cool. Um, I don't know. I, I mean, to be clear, I'm like very behind on both of them. <laughs> um, so it's not like, I was like, Oh wow. I, you know, silver lining. I guess like now I have all this time to really focus on these things, um, and it is like you know I'm just glad I have like uh like work, but I it it to you know. Well,
0: what have you been doing to like- distract yourself from doing this actual work? Yeah,
1: that's the real question well, then.
2: That- okay well okay two thoughts one level Level with us <laughs> it's not really like you've been handed like a this expanse of time like it's not mm-hmm. an artist residency um like there's still a lot of just shit that has to get done every day it's true um these kids ain't also, gonna feed themselves
1: they're not <laughs> they're not
2: exactly <laughs> um and I don't know what my other. I think I was just avoiding your question.
3: Well,
1: <laughs> I, I mean, it's. Oh, I, I don't think. But like, are you waking up at noon and fucking smoking weed and watching Bravo? I don't really think you're doing that.
2: No, no. Um, maybe like at night. There's there's <laughs>
0: more there's more productive and intellectual ways to procrastinate from the work that needs to be done. That's the yeah.
2: Point. Oh, like I'm really good at like creating work for myself, like creating obligations mm-hmm. and then resenting them. And then like I think the first week I email of all this, I emailed like everyone I knew, um, which was also out of a you know genuine desire to connect. Mm-hmm. Um but then I I don't know, I think it's like I've I've noticed That I'm very good at, um, creating like tasks because they feel sort of more, um, actionable than like writing a book, which is very daunting. Mm -hmm. Um, Yes. Yeah.
0: Yeah. Cleaning Uh. the bathroom, easier to wrap your head around and you get, you get an instant hit of, of satisfaction.
1: That's what I'm chasing mm-hmm. every day is that fucking dopamine, baby. I'm looking for a hit and however I can achieve it in the fastest way. We'll come over way and possible. fold
0: these socks, baby.
1: I love, I, I mean, I, you know, I've said this before on this podcast, but I'm a master dish doer now. I'm incredible at, at sweeping. I've really taken <laughs> sweeping under my wing and made it my bitch.
0: I it's didn't, like, this is, you've,
3: well, you've cleaning mentioned.
2: Is important.
0: Cleaning is important, but it can also be, you know, an anxiety crutch.
2: But so can writing. I don't know. There's no... What?
1: I don't find Mm. this time period to be particularly inspiring to do anything creative. You know what I mean? Like, I I don't think, like, to me, I need to be out in the world, you know, with people to feel anything, (laughs) really. (laughs) So sitting inside with with unlimited time, you know, is not particularly inspiring to me. And I I feel like a lot of people probably feel that way.
0: You're going to have to adapt or die bro
1: i mean <laughs>
3: adapt or die yeah, bro
1: i mean i don't think that like we're gonna be back outside in the relatively near future
3: mm-hmm.
1: tell me more Trump. i mean like <laughs> <laughs> i had a i took a bath with bleach this morning i'm feeling good like i'm just, just a little cap full and i'm feeling pretty clean and healthy tremendous what is Tavi? what is this book about if you don't mind me asking
2: Sure. Um, it's about, um, you know, uh, my life and, (laughs) um, the internet and theater and I guess kind of using different experiences I've had in these different, uh, like, um, in media and fashion and like live, uh, performance etc to kind of answer questions that I have about identity and authenticity Uh, okay so so
1: so like a little like essays but but yeah okay okay that makes sense I love an essay collection I find that very uh easy to digest
2: yeah it's um and easier to write probably a lot it's well, I don't know. Like, I mean, that is what it is right now. But I have found, like, finding the right structure for it has been really hard. And also now something is happening where, like, if I start reading another book, like, mm. by the first page, I'm like, I'm just like, shut up. Like, I feel <laughs> like I'm so aware of my own, um, like, the the pitfalls for me me in what I'm writing like the possible like the ways that it could go wrong or I feel so aware of when I am like maybe kind of bullshitting and then when I read something else I feel like the first thing I detect is like them trying to trying too hard to like entertain or sound smart or sound wordy and um I think I need to
1: that's a tough thing to overcome I don't know that is a tough thing to overcome. So you're telling me it's it's difficult for you to like enjoy a book right now just as a reader.
2: Yeah, like everything feels very written. Like mm,
1: I know what you mean, though. I think sometimes it's like, do you really need to go into extreme poetic detail on every little thing? Um, I th- that bothers me, but I I it makes me also feel like, wait, am I stupid? And I don't get that this is like important, or is this just completely like? A a circle jerk for the writer. I I don't know.
2: Yeah, like, and the only reason why it would bother me that much is only because I'm, uh, I guess I have so many fears about, like, you know, doing things I don't like in my own writing. Mm -hmm. Um, Because I don't know why else it would, like, offend me so much to, like, I don't know read, like, like start a Braddy Easton Ellis book and be like, oh, you think you're so slick. Like, your <laughs> sentences are so short. <laughs> um,
1: uh, so. You know Braddy Easton fucking short sentences. What a dick. <laughs> His <laughs> so economy of words. So. It's fucking bullshit. <laughs> 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 I mean, I do think that, though, I, I mean, do you set like, parameters for yourself every day? Like, I'm going to do X, Y, Z today and, like, have that time blocked off or are you going with the flow?
2: Um, it's kind of, like, uh, every day is, like, one one of the two writing projects. Um, and plus, like, you know, uh, like, emails, housekeeping nonsense. Um, but it is pretty... Structureless at this
1: point. Um, I, w- and- I had a feeling uh, it's pretty yeah. structuralist on this side too, Jason. <laughs> I know your ass doesn't have any. Speak structure.
0: for yourself. <laughs> I'm running a pretty tight ship over, over here, buddy.
1: Uh, you, you, you and KK share an Excel file of what to do every day, every hour.
0: It's it's more of like this is the time. Like I, I have to do these five things, and then I could start smoking pot. Is is sort of <laughs> that's sort of the parameters of where I'm at
2: that's kind of all you need. I think I agree. Like my, my daily list has gotten progressively shorter as this has gone on. Mm-hmm. Um, just my expectations for myself, but, um, yeah, I don't know. I mean, like I have an office that I now can't, that I share with a friend downtown that I now can't use. And like the whole point of getting that was so I wouldn't, I would like have a place to feel like I was going to work to write. Yeah. Um, and obviously that's out the window, but whatever.
0: Well, you, I mean, you are probably somebody who values their alone time. And now you are. <laughs> You
2: say that, um, am I wrong? No, you're right.
0: Okay. I mean, because almost, I don't know, like, I, I'm that same way, and I feel like I can like r- detect that in other people as well. Are you a Virgo?
2: Mm-hmm. Um, I'm a Taurus.
1: Okay, I don't know what that means, but we just yeah, have lo- a lot. We have a lot. We have a lot of Virgos on this show, and Jason and I are both Virgos, so we we <laughs> relate to our kind.
0: I'm, I was more so asking because mm-hmm. I'm fascinated by how people are sort of coping with that, or dealing with that, or or adjusting their lives to a non-alone lifestyle.
2: Um. Yeah, I. I mean, I guess we're adaptable. I actually. Well, that does remind me that one time I did a play, and one of the one of my friends who was in it came off stage and was like, "Lot of Virgos out there."
3: <laughs> 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 I no
2: idea what she meant.
0: That's the most That's theater a- thing I've ever heard. Nobody knows I, what uh, it means, but it makes perfect sense.
2: I think I l- it's just a her thing.
1: I really love the thespian community now. That, well, that really. One thing yeah, about a Virgo,
0: we'll clap, but you got to earn it. We're not going to
1: exactly. clap for just nothing. Yeah, we don't give it away just we paid $300 to see this little play or whatever. Mm-hmm. <laughs> that
2: actually makes sense then to describe an audience that way.
1: Yeah. Yeah, it totally does. It totally does. Are you able to get exercise in?
2: No, no. no. <laughs> um, don't be ridiculous, uh, Chris. I'm not. I'm just not good at taking care of myself in every way. Um, Mm -hmm. And it's not, I, yeah, I'd like, I don't know. I don't know. I mean,
1: it's okay. I think it's just, these kind of things are glaring right now because of the situation (laughs) we're in. I mean, I'm not good at taking care of myself either. I can't cook. I can, all I can do is shower and exercise. Those are the only two things I'm capable of.
2: Yeah. Yeah. I think, um, celebrate your strengths
1: that's what I've tried to do that's why I don't I haven't learned any new skills since I was twenty one so i, I, I don't I don't know how that I don't know how that's going well you me, guys you
0: guys probably both have have partners who help round out those edges where you are bad at taking care of yourself at or maybe not
1: that's true,
2: yeah, we're kind of like sloppy in the same ways and both bad at cooking mm. so this has been a bit of a a, a challenge, but
0: it's good to have a, somebody in, in you know, as your partner who is kind of sloppy in the same ways, though.
2: Well, I am also finding myself like, like yesterday, I spilled a glass of water on the kitchen counter and had to take everything off and dry it, and like as I was doing it, was j- just like list <laughs> rattled off a list of like. <laughs> I was like, when you get out of the shower, you drip water everywhere.
0: (laughs) Oh, yes, yes, yes. Just
2: the nonsense. Um, We're also at this point, like, all of this has become so routine that, like, I can get mad in that way, but it's immediately clear that, like, I'm lying to myself. Mm -hmm. And um,
0: Sometimes you just have to get it out, though, to see that.
2: Yeah, it's not rational. It's just, like... Uh, finding targets for the stress. That's well. what, that's what Bay
1: that's is what, for. That's what Bay is for. Or I usually take it out on Twitter. Twitter reply guys or my. <laughs> Wait, I, talk I, I about I that. Though. It's well. There's been an extreme influx of reply guys during the quarantine, <laughs> and. I mean, I think reply guys for men and reply guys for women are different because reply guys for women, I think they're like, think they're flirting, even though they're not. Um, for me, it's like fellow white guys who think they're on my level and can spar with me, but they don't want the smoke. So so they, they think that they can be like, try to tell me something. And then I look at their profile. And I'm like bro, you have 40 followers and you live in Tulsa. Like I don't even, I can't, mm. I can't talk to you, but
2: wow, they haven't, I they haven't earned their stripes going after Tulsa. Uh,
1: no, I, I, <laughs> I, I have no issue with Oklahoma as a state. I've actually been there <laughs> and I like it. Um, just just the record, but the reply, the reply, the reply guys are out in full force. Like I tweeted a picture of, um, Noel Gallagher playing with Oasis in 1996 at the famous main road shows. There's like 125,000 people there He's got a beautiful Union Jack Les Paul. You know, I mean, what what is what is a more iconic photo than that? And some fucking dork is in my mentions being like, Suede is Suede and Blur are better than Oasis.
3: <laughs>
1: Bro, first of all, nobody listens to Suede. Relax, dude. Damn. Nobody listens this way. Brit
0: Britpop problems. True.
1: Britpop problems. But I'm just like, yeah. and that looked, and then I looked the, look the guy up, and I'm like, why am I talking to this guy? Like, Chris, go to sleep. Like, you do not need to argue with this nerd. Who you know like,
2: what? My friend once had that where like he was on the IMD message board. He's an actor. Um, now you can guess who he is. But um, <laughs> he was like looking at stuff people were saying about him on the IMDb message boards, and one guy was like really brutal and then he went to this you know anonymous person's account to see what he had posted on other you know boards Mm. and on the message board for Seinfeld he wrote (laughs) (laughs) he wrote did we ever learn if Newman went to college? <laughs> and then he was like, "Oh, this guy is. Oh, this is not my problem."
1: The internet is uh, just fucking crazy. It's crazy out here, and I, I don't, I, Twitter, I just love so much that I interact, but I, I don't read. Like, I have a column on the Strategist, uh, the New York mm-hmm. Magazine thing, and I get absolutely destroyed in there every week. And <laughs> I don't, I somebody pointed out to me and I looked once. I was like, you know what? I'm not, you know, I'm not going to read this anymore. I'm going to, Yeah. I don't know. I'm sure you've had to learn to avoid the comment section.
2: Um, I, yeah, it's weird because like on one hand you want to be aware of what, like
1: the haters are saying,
2: well, you want to lay of the land. Like, I don't want to say something that's, I don't want to not know if I'm being like totally tone deaf or something but um it's also its own bubble in a way like it's not necessarily making me more um like uh, better at writing or more able to like communicate with say like the imagined reader of my book to know what like, this Twitter bubble is saying. Does that
1: make sense? No, yeah,
0: 100%. It's not like a comedian, like, going back and listening to their set and figuring out where they could fix it and things like that.
2: Right. I mean, I'm definitely, like, I've been just dealing with that since I was, like, since I was so young. So there is a part of me that is, like, it, like, um if I see something that's very cutting um, and I feel like misunderstood or judged or something like it, there's a part of it that makes me feel like a 12 year old. And then there's also a part of it. That's like, I've been dealing with this since I was 12. So this is nothing.
1: Um, I forgot. I forgot. Yeah. I mean, you've been fucking with this game for a long time. (laughs) I I don't, I mean, I can't even imagine, but it was pre, it was I mean I guess comment sections are comment sections but I feel like it's gotten more extreme with with Twitter and Instagram you know what I mean um, I
2: think so cuz I think like it, it it's like you don't have to make as much of an effort to weigh in or to have an opinion than if you're like I don't know like with Rookie there wasn't really a lot of hate because I think the people who were going to it to read it were like um, it's easier, I think, like, Twitter and Instagram make it easier to kind of, like, lightly engage with something and then yeah. have an opinion.
1: Uh, well, it seems to me like Rookie had just a really insane, dedicated fan base, and that's the only people who were going there. It wasn't, you're right, it's not It's not like a, you're going there and you know what you're getting, it's not like you're, you're flipping through Twitter and see something that interests you.
2: Right, right. Well, it's also, like, the problem with... Uh, hype or like just the way things can travel online is that something reaches people who are not it's intended audience, but because it's being talked about, they feel like they are supposed to like it and they don't, or they feel the need to weigh in. But like some things are just not meant to have more than like 3000 readers or whatever. Like,
1: yes. Yeah. I mean, that's, that's how I feel when people are talking about sports. (laughs) <laughs> you know, I feel the need to weigh in because I can't stop hearing about it, but I'm not in the audience.
2: Yes, right. Uh, Wait, what are your thoughts on Bill Simmons? Uh, mm. I saw I mean, a very funny
0: he's... Onion headline about his book. Did you guys see that? <laughs> it was it was like a it was like a fake book. It was it was an, an huh. Onion thing making fun of Bill Simmons writing I, a, it... writing a book about like how he's I don't know. Check out I the onion.com it's really good.
1: <laughs> I saw that he bought he bought like a 30 million dollar house and they announced it during quarantine and then variety took down the post.
2: <gasps> what? Why'd they take it down?
1: I think because he was probably like, yo guys, this is in poor taste. Can you please like can somebody really? not? Mm.
3: Uh,
2: I think he's I think he's he getting some heat.
0: Money. He was getting some heat from speaking negatively about Dennis Rodman. And and peop- and also because he's from Boston, you know, they kind of lump him in as like white guy, racist, sports person. Mm-hmm. But he was mm-hmm. he was basically saying, like, why when did we ever think Dennis Rodman was an interesting person? And then wow. like tweeted that the same day as the Michael Jordan documentary, which was like the Rodman episode. So everyone was super, mm-hmm. super Rodman standing at that time and were mm. were pissed off at him for saying that.
1: I don't think about. I find him annoying, but I also think he's good at what he does. If that makes sense, yeah, yeah, yeah. Like I think no one like has, Hamilton, exactly. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> no one can rap about history better than him. Um, <laughs> I, I, I just think that it's like he is. He has created this this world around him that has become like the world. Like it. it like he owns sports. Basically, it's like ESPN <laughs> and him. And ESPN burst him. Um, mm-hmm. So I think that's interesting. My favorite Bill Simmons thing, though, is when he had that HBO show for, like, two episodes. And mm-hmm. Ben Affleck came on and was so high on pills <laughs> that, like, he couldn't put a sentence together. That was the coolest Bill Simmons moment that I've seen.
2: I've never seen that. Wow. Oh, it,
1: it is legendary. Um, oh, I, I say this as a person who was addicted to pills. I am 100% sure he was on pills. <laughs> And because people are like, oh, he's a little drunk. I'm like, that motherfucker is not drunk. It's like 8 a.m. Uh, what, what do you? If, what kind
0: of pills do you think Affleck is taking?
1: Affleck was definitely gone off a handful of Perkies. Definitely okay. some Perkies. Definitely Vicodin or Percocet. Maybe a little Zanny mixed in from the night before. Mm. But that was great. It was amazing. And that show got canceled. Like it was so fast. It, got it was so short. Very right?
0: very fast.
1: Yeah. Which i But I think guys like that are so big that everyone wants a piece of them and they try everything and some of it just isn't going to work. Uh, He's not a TV guy. He he couldn't being on TV and being on the radio or a podcast or whatever, two very different things.
2: Right. Um, Yeah. He's a, he has, he's like a three podcasts kind of guy.
1: Exactly. But he has, he has like, he has like sports talk radio energy.
2: Right.
0: Three podcasts a day.
1: Yeah. But TV energy requires more star power.
2: Right, right,
0: and you can't really look like a thumb as much as he
1: does to make it in yeah. television as well. That mother, that motherfucker <laughs> looks like my big toe without getting a picture <laughs> for the last two. Months. I think I think That's one <laughs> thing that
0: people like about him is he's sort of not afraid to say things that will offend other people, or you know, like some some spicier hot takes. And I think people are kind of drawn to that, especially in the sports world where everyone's very like diplomatic and tiptoes around their opinions and he'll just kind of come out and say it. And I think that's pretty, right. More people need to be doing that, in my opinion, just to keep the kind of free speech flag waving.
1: <laughs> Jason, Jason's a big fan of podcaster Joe Rogan If you couldn't tell Fuck
0: you
3: I was gonna, <laughs> I'm, I'm like a big fan of, um,
0: of Of Have you heard of Louis C.K.? He kind of does that as well I'm really into Jason, him right now
1: <laughs> Jason's a libertarian from Orange County um, So his opinions don't necessarily align with mine And but... we, ha- we have a voice too Thank you
3: <laughs>
1: that's, that's, <laughs> You do have a voice too I'm sorry mm-hmm. uh,
2: yeah, It's you know, your time
1: I, I've been watching <laughs> Uh, I watched Normal People last night. Have you guys mm-hmm. seen that?
2: No. I've
0: seen people tweeting about it. I don't know anything about it.
1: It's, I mean, I...
0: Is it I on actually, failing Hulu?
1: It's on failing Hulu. <laughs> oh, yeah, is, no. Yeah. Oh, no. But it's it's a BBC. I mean, it's a full-on BBC television show, but in America, it's on Hulu. Uh, <laughs> full-on. I actually, I actually think it's pretty good. Like... It's a little, like, sexier than I thought it was going to be. They fuck it? They fuck it. Yeah, they definitely fuck it. Um, But I I didn't like the book. I liked her other book much more. Mm -hmm. Um, But I think this one's easier to make into, like, a classic, like, teenage love story television show.
2: Right. Well, didn't she write the show?
1: I believe she did write the show, yes. The unfortunate part is there's a huge like big dramatic music music cue in the first episode and it's an Imogen Heap song um Mm. is it "Mm, what you say
3: uh I care
1: it really threw me off is there
0: another Imogen Heap song
1: uh I don't think there is but then they end the show with Elliot Smith and I'm like damn what what the fuck like Mm, I I, I, how am I supposed to feel you know like what is the deal but I think that the go ahead
2: does it take place like now or like 15 years ago or whenever the book takes place?
3: I
1: think it's, damn, I, I think it's like older. They don't have cell phones or anything showing. Mm. Uh, so I would imagine that means it's a little older. Um right. But I actually didn't think about that, which is bad of me as a viewer. I should have been more
2: attuned. I feel like that means the show is – I feel like that says something good about the show if, like, you're not thinking about, like – True. I feel so aware of that watching stuff now, of, like, if it reflects the technology of the time or whatever.
1: Yeah. I mean, I think that is a very – I mean, it's definitely a big signifier of what's going on. But I think that on a show about, like, high school relationships, there definitely would have been phones everywhere if it was current day. Right. You know, but I – Two thousand five nostalgia or something. Which is uh, to be fair, that's me and Jason's both our prime times. So <laughs> maybe I'm feeling a little but I equated it today. We both had newsletter.
0: very nice blackberries at that time. I had the oh my god. Top of the do, line.
1: Gonna, Top of the line. I'm gonna I'm gonna, I'm gonna start crying. Um <laughs> <laughs> but I talked about it in my in a newsletter today a little bit because it reminded me have you ever seen the show Undressed, Tavy? No. Jason, do you no. remember that show it was on MTV? Okay, so it was an MTV like late '90s, early aughts. It came on at like 11 o'clock, and it was like a um, it it was just this weird series that was written by this British guy, and it was like all about sex and young people, but like really boundary pushing, like you know, like all different sexual orientations, all different like tackling all these crazy issues and talking about all this stuff, and it, it launched the career. Like a lot of people that are famous now were on it, um. Then obviously, is unknowns, um, and it just kind, it kind of they tried to reboot it, and obviously it didn't work because like people just look at porn all the time now. Um, but it was like a really, it's a really cool and interesting like time capsule. Um, and it and this reminded me of of normal people reminds me of that combined with like the OC or something a little more like palatable. Um, Say less, it, yeah, exactly. Because the sec, the the sex scenes are really like. Like hot and heavy in the way undressed would be, but the music Mm. cues and like how important that is reminds me of like an OC show when they used to put like the Rooney's name on the Chiron, you know.
0: Mm -hmm. And the Hills would do that as well. They'd have like a very powerful music sting at the perfect time.
1: Uh, Well, I think because I I, or MTV's,
0: I I mean, or or HBO's Girls as well.
1: Yes. Mm -hmm. When I was because I was in the music business at that time and it was when MTV wasn't playing as many videos, but getting your song on like the Hills or something. And then having your name on the screen was, was almost better at that point.
2: Mm-hmm. Whoa.
1: Like it was a big deal. And we had, cause cartel was signed to Epic and they like one of the girls from the Hills fake interned at Epic. And so one episode they like talked about cartel and showed the album like in the office. Wait, that, and was, that was fake. Like, yeah, I know. It's crazy. I know. It's oh. crazy. I know Audrina. That time Audrina gave you her number at Hyde, that was real.
3: What?
2: <laughs> <laughs> Sorry, well, we're talking
0: would, about a show that came out before you were born. It was on MTV.
2: I remember The Hill. <laughs> I know, I know. I'm just Very kidding. Very young. <laughs> it's
1: true. But do you do you revisit that stuff? That's like all that art stuff that's now cool again or coming back because you missed it? Do you care? Or is that like a different era to you?
2: Well, it's sort of like, like you know, how... Um, like teenagers didn't really read 17, but like 12 year olds did.
3: Mm -hmm. Yes.
2: Like there's stuff from that time that even if like the Hills that my friends and I were probably too young for, but watching. Um, So some of it is not, some of it is like, uh, uh, I remember it from the first time around Um, but I don't know. I'm trying to think what else falls under this, uh, this category.
1: I mean, I guess just because to me, the, the, the mid aughts was kind of my prime time. Mm
3: -hmm. And
1: I (laughs) romanticize the nineties. Like that's all I care about. Like music, magazines, movie, like all that shit is what I think is the absolute coolest. Uh So I I just don't. He's a
0: nineties bitch.
1: I'm a 90s bitch. Right. W- oh, wait, exactly. But even, mm-hmm. I mean, way it goes way deeper than that. Um, uh, but I guess that's just me thinking the generation before me is cool, which is kind of classic, you know. Every right. person thinks that, I think.
3: Mm-hmm.
2: Yeah, I mean, starting rookie, it was like totally inspired by 90s, um, like Sassy and Riot Girl and those things. Did, Did you do s-
1: catalogs? Of course, of course. What? Delia's catalogs. um, Yes. Did you find all of that stuff online? Like, were you just... Or did somebody put you on?
2: Um, Other bloggers put me on. Like, there were a few that I read of, like, women who had maybe been teenagers then who I think, like, maybe one of them wrote about, like, finding all her old issues of sassy. And then, like, I did some... I wrote about it on my blog and then some girl emailed me and was like, I bought like a year's worth of sassies on eBay. Do you want to do a trade? And like I made her a package of stuff and she sent me all these magazines. Um, It was like kind of out of fashion blogging world.
1: It really warms my heart actually to know that magazines were a part of that because that I feel like that's truly like would have been missed by someone your age at that stage.
2: But you know what? I literally get a DM every other day that's like, I'm 18 or whatever, and I want to start a magazine. Like, I think that is. I think, like, the desire to have something like that is kind of a, a constant, but I don't know how, I mean, how I mean, feasible it is now. I think
1: but. it's, mm-hmm. I mean, there's always going to be people who romanticize the same way. Like people still buy vinyl, even though it's like point pointless, really. Uh, (laughs) I mean, you know what I'm saying? But I I do think that, but did you ever want, you never, you guys made rookie into a print magazine for a little while, correct?
2: Yeah. We put out a book, uh, a a annual like print edition for four years.
1: Did you publish that yourself? Were you working with a big publisher or was that yourself?
2: The first two were withdrawn in quarterly. um, Like, an independent publisher in Montreal that mostly does comics. And then we switched over to Penguin or to their like young adult imprint.
1: But those sold really well. That was like a big thing, right?
2: I don't know. I honestly (laughs) don't know. (laughs) Like I know that I like had to like, like I know that we published them and I know that I went on book tours and like, a lot of people came to our events, and I know that, like, every now and then I get a statement about of, like, royalties, but I, I don't have a good sense of, like...
0: I think um, they do a good job of not telling you all <laughs> yeah, of that information yeah. for a reason.
2: Yeah. I mean... Those books are also, like, they're $30, they're 350 pages. Like, in retrospect, if we wanted to make something that was more, like, every teenager should have this, it probably would have looked different and been mm-hmm. cheaper. But I think for the, like, existing rookie readers, it was, like, a big deal.
1: Yeah, that makes sense. Do you do you miss, I mean, do you have any desire to write, like, do you want to do that anymore, or does that feel like a, a different life to you?
2: Um... Uh, like to edit a, a website? Yeah,
1: yeah, to be in that zone again where it's like a daily thing and you have that like output all the time.
2: I don't miss that, no. was a slog. Yeah, and it went on, I mean, it was just such a big part of my life and I think part of why it was even like it took me sort of a while to see that like ultimately I wanted to shutter it is because it was just such a regular part of my life that it was very hard to even realize like you could, your days don't have to look like this. You could like, you know, work on something that no one sees for many years or months or like, um, like I think actually like going back to it being very easy to kind of create tasks (laughs) and (laughs) to put off like, sort of more mysterious creative work like um i think i got uh i was just so used to like managing people and like a lot of doing a lot of tasks and um it yeah i don't miss that
0: you guys um you guys used to have a podcast as well right
2: yeah we did do you miss Um, that um I mean I like interviewing people and I I I mean I miss the sort of the feeling of like community and like the exchange um but these are not things that feel like off like totally off the table now you know
0: Mhm Yeah I mean have you felt the pressure or the inspiration to to fire up the podcast again <laughs> now that everyone else in the world is doing that?
2: <laughs> um, n- not exactly. But like, for example, like two former rookie contributors who are now, I guess, in their like early 20s, when quarantine started, they like created a a website called Nearness Project. And it's like a lot of former rookie People and then other people and. I hope you're getting
1: a cut off that. But anyway, go on. What? <sighs> I hope you're getting a little cut off. They'll that. be Come hearing on.
0: from our lawyers. <laughs>
1: <laughs> <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah.
2: <laughs> yeah. Um, <laughs> no, um, but uh, like to that made me really happy. Like that there's. I don't know. I feel like the effect so when you something like that, that's a community, like the effects kind of keep multiplying and multiplying and mm-hmm. like, yeah, you're it seeing Feel like it's over, over.
1: Oh, that's interesting. Cause you're seeing the graduates of rookie do things that are cool and interesting.
2: Yeah. And actually when rookie was still happening that like, that was already starting just because people who had written for us or taken photos for us were like, getting, um, you know, bigger jobs and bigger opportunities. And now that's something that I can just be, I mean, I hate to admit that that ever felt personal to me because it's not, but like now that can just be something that's nice. Whereas while Rookie was like struggling to stay financially stable, it was very, despite my better judgment of being like, this is not about me and people should get bigger, better jobs, whatever. Like it was still, I was realizing basically the limits of being like a curator where you depend on other people, but like you can't own them and you don't want to (laughs) own them. But it's just like, uh, you don't have as much, you don't have that much like, um, it's not very stable
1: no definitely not no i mean i think that everyone on this call uh isn't isn't that stable um i mean you know what i mean like i mean you're you're probably doing a little better than me and tj but still the the shit is like you know like the money comes in when the money comes in and and sometimes it doesn't you know and that's just the struggle of the whole thing and i think that like that's the hardest part about any of this stuff is that you have to make sure that the the income is there to keep doing it. And I think that did you mm-hmm. ever take did you guys take money for rookie or were you just was it self financed?
2: Um. Well, when it started, it was with a like we had a ad representative, yeah, that bought it ads. But like at a certain point, I was lending it money. Um, like I and
1: was. How, how were you making money? You were making money doing your own shit and then putting your own money back into it.
2: Really from like, and this is weird because it's, I don't think of myself as like a model, but when I look back, I'm like, oh, you may not think of yourself as a model, but like most of my income has been from like, you know, being in a commercial or being in an ad campaign.
1: Well, you were like, in that, those things you're in as Tavi. you're not in it as like talent.
2: Rare, right, right, right. yes, yeah, so it's like my personal. It's brain. called
0: it well, there, it's called being an influencer. If you want a <laughs> word for it,
2: I've
1: I've heard of that before. But yeah, I, it's I a new totally thing that's sure. happening. Seems cool. I mean, it seems pretty interesting. New new format. Mm-hmm. Uh, <laughs> but were you were you in like a Hewlett Packard commercial or some shit? <laughs> <Were> you <laughs> in some. Like, were you in a Surface tablet Microsoft commercial of this? Surface tablet. Yeah,
2: you're, like, trying to figure out where it all came from. <laughs> yeah, no, I'm just
1: like, damn, what all did you do? Let's go through the lit. I want to hear the well, resume, baby. Chris loves Let a
0: commercial me. resume. I do.
2: Let me – okay, so I was in an IBM commercial.
1: Sick. How old were you, though?
2: <laughs> um, 19.
1: Okay. So, and you were like, guys, I would never use this shit computer, but cut me the check. <laughs>
2: <laughs> well, I was talking to the robot Watson.
1: Um, oh, my God. The same I
0: one cannot- that won Jeopardy? <laughs> that, Watson?
2: Um, yeah.
1: Okay, I'll Google okay. that later. Continue. Wish <laughs> I would have known
0: that when this podcast started, but yeah, go ahead.
2: <laughs> um, You know, different, like, before I, like, when I was a, a teenager, I was in, like, a Uniqlo ad or, yes. like, a Cole Hahn. ad. Mm. ad and then like, yes. I, like turned 18 I could and was like living on my own then I was like oh I have surprise money um,
1: oh I see yes <laughs> classic classic child star stuff you know
2: the Coogan account yes <laughs>
1: <laughs> yes exactly
2: so yeah
1: so so you were doing all this stuff is the IBM the height of it though or is there a bigger
2: no I think that was like the most I've been paid for um like and, a, and for
0: that, it was kind of like, hey, it's cool. I can use this IBM technology to make a blog and stuff and like do all the work <laughs> that you were doing. Is that sort of what it was?
2: No, I'm telling you, I was <laughs> talking to Watson.
0: And that was just straight up.
2: And I don't know. It was like they had different people like pretend to interview Watson, who wasn't even there, by the way. <laughs> Watson wasn't even on the camera?
1: Thank God you have a theater no. background. Yeah, seriously. God, it's better than doing lines with your mom, I guess. you know (laughs) That's really crazy. I mean, but that's nice that you had the money. I mean, you know, it's like nice to have that money. It's nice to put that money into something you love. And it's cool
0: that your parents didn't steal that money from you.
1: That's the number. That's the coolest thing.
2: That's the coolest thing for sure. I mean, now I'm like, oh, that's, I don't know. There was a lot of, when you do something that, when you're that personally and then like, emotionally and financially entrenched in something like Rookie, a lot of, like, a lot of dysfunction came out of that, personally. Like, it was hard to manage, like, hard to make good decisions around it. Um, But so, like, it, it was, I don't know, like, when all of it was over... I was, it, it sort of felt like coming out of, a, I don't know, come, like just a crazy experience and being like, oh, that was, I thought it was all very normal because it was happening to me, but it was actually like really very not. crazy. Um, and I guess I'm like, okay, yeah, so I had all of this, like I, I didn't have to like... I could support myself doing this other stuff or or acting and I would have felt really, like I didn't take a, a salary from Rookie because it would have felt like really, even though that should have been okay to do, it was like...
1: It felt well, weird.
2: Yeah, like, I will, I don't, well also I should say like people who have startups like it can be really normal to defer your own yeah like paying yourself or to put your own money into it um but then like in our case you know it it like shuttered ultimately um so it was all very messy but i don't wish anything had happened differently like i just didn't know better
1: well, yeah, I mean that's part of it. I think this, there's a learning curve, of course. If you've never done it before, you don't know. You got yeah, you're failing to... up. Yeah.
2: <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Um, yeah.
1: Well, I mean, it sounds like you're doing fine to me. I mean, you know.
2: Yeah, I didn't. Um, I, I I actually didn't mean to talk so explicitly about my finances. Um, no, that's what that's, that's that's we have that's that
0: effect in- on our
1: guests. That's a weird niche that we've discovered about this podcast. I don't know why, but I, I do um, think I do think people though uh, are fascinated by like how how you actually make money in the arts, you know, whatever yes. that whatever that medium is. Because I, I mean, I think I I know a lot because of who I surround myself with, but like I don't know how much people with regular jobs fucking make. You know, you know what I mean. Like if I talk to a fucking banker and he's telling me how much he makes it'll blow my mind because there's like bonus structures and all this shit you know but right. but a regular person's like what's a residual
2: right yes <laughs> right you know, what is a, a residual what um, so let's get into it what
1: is <laughs> you're right but it is it's good you know people don't know and like i think it seems like so crazy you know
2: yeah i also i don't know maybe this is like just the effect of Instagram too, where like, I just like with my friends at least, like I find it very, where also most people are like artists and like maybe cobbling together income from many different sources. And like, I just, I find it very, um, uh, like, growing up, talking about money is, like, very taboo or, like, rude or...
0: Unbecoming. Whatever,
2: but... Well, now I'm just... I like transparency. or I, And I think it ultimately, like... I don't know. I, I guess in a way, it is sort of important to me to be like, hey, Rookie was not a big money-making venture because it sort of feels, like, disingenuous to... Like getting those DMs that are like, I want to start a literary magazine. It's like
1: <laughs> you're like, don't do that. <laughs> yeah, don't. don't. I'm really Throw proud of you. I'm really dreams. proud of you. It's a great idea, but don't do it.
2: <laughs> well, I just think it's like better to be I don't know, transparent than like just like to act like everything's a success story. When it's like actually appearing in ad campaigns because I'm like a, a young woman um, was a lot more uh, uh, profitable.
1: You know what? I, I think love you profit. finally
0: have become an adult. It's here. Yeah. You you that cold cynicism has entered your bloodstream.
1: <laughs> Welcome. <laughs> Thank you for giving us an exclusive on adulthood. Uh, it's really <laughs> it's really <laughs> it's really important for us to break news on this podcast.
2: oh my god Uh, but I mean it's like what what you were saying with Jeremy and theater like I don't know yeah I mean like we all we
0: uh, we all know that you know pursuing uh, a career in the fine arts will usually not turn you into a very wealthy person but sometimes that's just what your dream is and you have to do it regardless of financial success and you and we shouldn't shit on those people's dreams
1: (laughs) well also jason you can get rich so let's not shit on those dreams either because i'm 37 i'm still going for the crown okay
0: well okay chris name your top 10 millionaire cellists
1: (laughs) okay fair okay 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 you're right
2: you're right. Wait, top 10 what?
1: <laughs> Millionaire cellists. <laughs> like that's that's different. I'm I'm talking about Hollywood, baby. I'm not and Keep it a tight
0: the, 10. I know there's I'm a lot not, to choose from.
1: I'm not talking about the symphony orchestra, boy. I'm talking about Hollywood, you know. Yeah, uh, yeah, yeah.
0: The success rate is usually pretty high, right?
1: It's very high. Yeah, it's very. <laughs> high. Basically, you go out there, you go to get a pilot or whatever and then you're famous. That's what I've heard. <laughs>
0: yeah.
2: yeah. Well, but at the same time, it is like insane to be able to like make a, a living doing a creative thing, but then it's also, yeah. But that's what we're
0: all chasing because that's the ultimate dream is being, you know, wealthy and financially stable, doing what you love and creating something of your own. That's why so many people shoot for that instead of just saying, I'm going to go work at ibm no you know sorry watson but (coughs) no no
1: shots watson no shots watson (laughs) no but it's because if you can't
0: it's a gamble if it pull if you can pull it off then you have a so much you know that much of a better cooler interesting life than most people but the the failure rate is extremely high and that's the risk that you take
2: right yeah i love i love
1: risk taking that's why i've been riding these fake city bikes um, but I, I think that I do. I mean, I just don't. You didn't go to college, right? No. Because you didn't have time. You were too busy getting that guap early. She didn't have time. No <laughs> time for college. I mean, we're talking. Oh. We're talking to two. You're talking to two other people who didn't go to college, and I, I just think that uh, I, I, you know, I, I think that there was it was touch and go for a little while. For at least for for me and Jason, I think you had a pretty clear path. But I know my parents were like, "This guy is fucking up bad." Mm. you know and it turned out okay
2: what did you do like did you still like leave home at after high school did you
1: i dropped out i dropped out of high school and went straight to the big city of atlanta georgia where i'm from
2: Ah.
1: yeah and just got it popping you know just just like worked retail and then ended up getting the music business and it was that's it that's my story uh but jason i mean jason did you you went to college for a little bit right
0: there was a there was a couple months, yeah.
2: <laughs> Where? Uh
0: in Orange County, Orange Coast College voted mm. hottest chicks by um
2: <laughs> by by,
0: by Hustler magazine, magazine at the time.
3: By J- by Jason. <laughs> by
0: no, Jason not by me. So I was it was the, the I was not, you know, at the time I was not into like the blonde surfer Orange County chick aesthetic, so it was not mm. it was not pleasing to me, but I could see how other guys might be into that.
3: Uh-huh, uh-huh. But I, at the time,
0: I was taking, like, graphic design classes and things like that, trying to figure out what I wanted to do. And then I, I took a similar path to Chris and just was like, oh, I'm just going to go work full-time at Anthropology Jason, and get this poppin'.
1: <laughs> Jason's also an L.A. nightlife legend, so he cut his teeth in the nightlife game, you know, so
2: wow
1: mm-hmm. i know his sleep schedule is very different than ours
2: <laughs> so are you really missing the nightlife right now
0: i mean i've i've been out of the nightlife game long enough to where i don't really miss it i really i i do love you know still going out and and hearing some music i love and and getting lost in the night as it were but <laughs> but you know the the chances of that happening and having it be a successful evening are just so low nowadays. Um, you know, mm. the, the, my barrier for fun, the, there's so many criteria that have to hit, and it almost never happens. So I have, a, you know, so much more fun just having a dinner party at home with friends and just drinking some bomb natural wine and getting lit, and that's about it. <laughs>
1: Jason, that's the most wash shit I've ever heard come out of your mouth.
0: Damn. Well, I mean, bro. that's I would rather say something wash than be like, yeah, I'm approaching 40 and I miss the fucking club. <laughs> <laughs> oh my that's God. that's so much more worse.
1: Don't remind me that Tao is
0: closed, okay? <laughs> <laughs> I mean, um, I haven't been able to buy a bottle in months. <laughs>
2: oh no, what's gonna happen to Tao? <laughs>
1: It's an important question. A question that, on
0: all of our minds.
1: We will absolutely tackle on this podcast at a later date, I can guarantee you. Um, that's kind of our beat, mm, I mean, you know what I mean? Yeah, <laughs>
0: I think the Beach Club will do fine for now.
1: <laughs> but the, Vegas will be able to survive this. I don't mm-hmm. know if New York will. I don't know if New York will.
2: Mm. Tavi? Guys, oh, yes. No, go ahead. Well, I had a question, um, unless you have to go.
0: No. Let it spray.
2: Okay. If you could, if the, if everything were normal again outside and you could go do anything tonight, what would it be? Oh,
0: I, I would literally just go to my friend Dan's house and just sit on his couch and and like bullshit and do nothing. That's, that's sort of like the thing I miss the most. Damn
2: Glad to hear you're so down
0: just, to earth. Just
1: be <laughs> That's sad, bro. That's what uh-huh. it's all
0: about. Couches. No, but everything else that I enjoy, I can pretty much I'm already doing. Like I all the stuff that I like doing, I just do it right now. I don't need to right. really see anyone. I like being alone. I talk to people I know more okay. than I want to now.
1: People I know. <laughs> Notice he didn't say friends.
0: He said people I know. Big diff, isn't <laughs> the there?
1: there but, is know, like, diff.
0: I, I love to cook and ride my bike and walk around and exercise and do all. In you know, I love to podcast and whatever. Mm. All the shit I want to do, I'm doing now. But I, I don't get to just sit on my friend's couch and not say anything and just enjoy that kind of like comfortably numb feeling.
2: Yes, right. Wow,
1: very, very lame answer. I <laughs> fuck you. I, I love, love going, going to, to eat- Whole
0: Foods. I do that like twice a week. I'm still, I'm yeah. still up in Whole Foods putting in numbers.
1: That's true. <laughs> That's true. I would probably hit Equinox for a pump, um, mm. then maybe get a smoothie at Juice Press afterwards, and then go to Teeterboro, get on a private plane, fly to L.A. <laughs> and you, what would I do in LA? I guess maybe we could go to Mr. Chow, Beverly Hills, for dinner. Mm. Of all you the know. place,
0: of all the places, Christmas is Teeterboro the most probably.
1: Uh, well, it's a home away from home, you know. And, <laughs> and they know me there. They, they know me know there. They gonna. show they they show love. You know, when big, CB, you. when big CV when big CV comes to the door, they show love.
0: <laughs> yeah. What's the first thing that you guys are going to do when you get to come back to LA, the cooler city? <laughs> 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 what a real laugh that you just did um,
1: I w- I'm gonna play tennis for sure
0: hmm. I do miss tennis though really I, I guess
2: I would see yeah I would see my friends who are there and go for the the numb feeling you were talking about
1: mm-hmm. but what restaurants what New York restaurants do you miss Tebby <sighs> God. You can say sweet green it's okay this is a safe space.
2: <laughs> um uh, it's so sad. Well we've let's see. Um this is not a restaurant but we've done a couple Zabar's trips and that's felt good.
1: Mm well must be nice. Uh, yeah.
2: Yeah. Um I have a
0: Zabar's spoon at my house never even been there.
3: <laughs> Go on. <laughs> no. <laughs> <laughs>
2: Uh, I miss, like, a Mogador moment.
1: Mm, damn, mm-hmm. I live, so Mogador's, like, two blocks away. I really miss it.
2: Wow. Oh, you're I, right there.
1: I'm an East Village daddy, yeah. It's just right oh. around the corner. I go all the time.
2: Yeah, last night we tried to imitate my my dish that I like there, and it was not the same.
0: Which Which um, dish?
2: Uh... Halloumi mm-hmm. and shrimp.
1: <laughs> mm. So we're not going to get the the Tavi Harissa recipe this week, I
2: guess.
1: <laughs> okay, well,
2: uh, it's so sad. If I was posting pictures of like the food I'm making, I would get. <laughs> I would never work again.
0: Blocked and reported.
2: But, yeah. Um. God, I miss like. Uh, <laughs>
1: It's okay. I don't mean to put you on the spot, but Mogador's a really good one. I, I miss Flora. I miss Balthazar.
3: Oh,
2: Ugh. yeah.
1: You know, I, Gin, I just...
2: Mm-hmm.
1: What do you got? Jen? Gin.
2: Gin ramen is like...
1: Oh, mm, yes. Mm-hmm.
2: ...over kind of, like, West Harlem.
1: Yeah. <sighs>
0: Isn't it crazy um, that that about half of these restaurants are never going to open again? That's not true. Bad. It's kind of true. I uh, know it's kind of true.
2: Russ and Daughters.
0: Mm, yeah.
2: At the Jewish Museum. <laughs> which I can walk to. Uh. I
0: didn't know
1: they I didn't I didn't know they had a Jewish museum special edition, Russ and Daughters.
2: Oh my gosh, yes. In the basement of the Jewish museum, are you kidding me?
1: Tavia, I have to level with you. I'm the whitest southern man on earth. So <laughs> I, you know, sometimes Jewish food can be challenging for me, but Russ and Daughters obviously I can I enjoy.
2: I will admit, for me as well, like my order is very. I got, well? the,
0: I got chicken fingers.
2: Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Do you guys yeah, have a, like a little pizza juice. on the menu or anything? <laughs> what's
0: what's your what's your Russ and Daughters order? Um, and be honest.
2: It's just a bagel with locks. Yeah, but I don't no. like. I don't go for you know textured fish.
0: Um, can i see your textured fish menu please
2: what do you have in a (laughs) sturgeon oh barney Greengrass! god there Mm. were so many um establishments
1: (laughs) sorry i feel like you're losing steam getting sad thinking about this
2: no i'm just like it's so weird because i was like when you asked i was like well now they're asking me i can't really think of anything because it's just been not part of our Lives mm-hmm. and now I'm like, oh, fuck. But, <laughs> but who, we don't
1: know the future. So, <laughs> we, do, we, it's really true. I mean, it's really true. I can't wait to be back in the Big Apple just walking the streets. Yeah. It's going to happen for us. Don't worry. Keep your, keep your head up. Okay.
0: Yeah. Yeah. yeah 2022 yeah. is going to be awesome. We'll be back out there <laughs> on the streets in no time. But until then, you guys both really need to learn how to start cooking and fast.
1: Libertarian doomsday prepper Jason has a different outlook on on the future than we do as Mm -hmm. like New York City coastal elites. It's just different, you know. It's just different. It's not wrong. It's just different.
0: It is. It is different. I'm into like cool cooking things. I'm buying a lot of guns, and you guys need to figure something (laughs) out fast.
1: You're right. You're right. We really do need to figure something fast. I'm I'm getting worried. Uh, Well, thanks for joining us. Uh, It was really fun to talk to you and. I think that um you're gonna be just fine you know
2: thanks I think you are too and um thanks for uh making me comfortable enough that I said a bunch of stuff I think was stupid <laughs> and um mm-hmm.
1: welcome Please to podcast welcome, to, podca- welcome the to podcasting yeah.
2: Right, uh, right. Do you no, have so um,
0: Do you have anything coming out soon? Any articles or stories or pieces that people should look out for? No, not at all. <laughs> not at all. Okay. No. So 2022, when your book and your movie come out, <laughs> we will
2: both check
1: those
0: out.
2: <laughs> yep, keep an eye out.
1: Uh, and you're on Instagram and Twitter. What's the What's the handle?
2: Uh, it's like a really old. Um, username nickname don't but make me
0: say it chris don't
1: make me say it is it
2: <laughs> Tob- oh. oh yeah it is oh yeah it is i t-u-l-l-e mm-hmm.
1: damn don't you know somebody at instagram that can get you set up
2: i'm pretty sure i could just change it but i've resigned myself no i think it's well.
1: kind of cool i think it's cooler to keep it
2: one
0: okay. thousand percent
1: Yeah, hundred. we got to own it. I mean, Jason goes by Bim Jeans, so you're doing better than him.
0: (laughs) A lot of people like that (laughs) screen name. Thank you very much.
1: (laughs) I'll catch you in the chat room, bro. Um, All right, Tabby. thank you again. Be safe. We'll talk to you soon.
2: Bye. Bye.
1: Bye.